Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to the Game Week 8 review episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game Week 8 is done and dusted, and we now enter the second international break of the campaign. It's a time to take stock of the season so far and hatch a plan of attack for the next block of fixtures. On today's episode, a quick review of Game Week 8. A new member joins the 59th Minute Club. The watch list is updated. I'll highlight a few stats that caught my eye from the weekend, answer listener questions, and finish with a very early look at captaincy and potential transfers for Game Week 9. The next episode of the podcast will be towards the end of next week after the international games. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for that one. A quick review of Game Week 8. Took a minus 4 in the end. So the injured Stupinan, the injured Saka and the underperforming Rashford for Matty Cash, Hyungman Son and Jared Bowen. Not the most exciting minus 4 I've ever taken. I think I gained 1 point on that with everyone, basically everyone I sold and everyone I brought in did absolutely nothing. But it was kind of a long term play bringing in Cash and Bowen in particular. Both players didn't have fantastic fixtures in the short term, but with no plans to wildcard in the near future, bringing in Cash and Bowen, you know, they're players I probably would have been bringing in if I was wildcarding in Game Week 9 or Game Week 10. So hopefully, you know, from that spell from Game Week 10 onwards, I will reap the benefits of Cash and Bowen. Human Son blanked, but that was almost a bit of an insurance policy, bringing him in anyway because I knew he was going to be the most captain player of the game week. I stuck with auto-captain Haaland. I was feeling smug after the Hyungman Son blank, but it didn't work out for Haaland on Sunday either. The Salah captainers were the big winners of the game week. Well done if you owned them. Well done if you captained them. He did most of the damage, but the, the red arrow wasn't too bad. I went from 256k to 327k, so factoring in that Salah did do well it could have obviously been a lot worse 49 minus 4 gave me 45 points there was a few boys basically chipped in to limit the damage Johnson and goal with a 9 pointer Gabriel with a very welcome 8 pointer Haaland blanked Alvarez blanked but it was nice to have the Gabriel clean sheet and a couple of bonus points come in Trippier got another assist and a bonus point for 6 points 2 bonus points actually even though he conceded 2 goals he's an absolute monster happy owner so Trippier Gabriel Johnston did the business at the back Cash blanked Son blanked, Madison got a six-pointer, Bruno blanked, Bowen blanked, 
Alvarez did nothing. Captain Haaland failed. And Ollie Watkins chipped in with an assist. Frustrating to see him hit the post as well towards the end of that game. But overall, I think that starting 11 sounds pretty good. It looks good on paper for game week 9. So I am not wildcarding during the break. There's obviously Mo Salah temptation. Mo Salah FOMO. But I think I'm going to stay strong. Stick to the plan. No wildcard in 9. I'll keep an open mind to a possible wildcard in game week 10. But I'm still leaning towards probably not wildcarding until later. A very warm welcome to my fellow Irishman, Evan Ferguson, to the 59th Minute Club. It was nice to see that one live on Sky at the weekend. Ferguson, the only player to join the 59th Minute Club in Game Week 8. He joins his teammates who are already there, Danny Welbeck and Billy Gilmore. So those guys will help Evan to settle in over the international break. Notable mentions, as always, Mads Anderson at Luton, very lucky, 58 minutes. There was a triple Burnley substitution from Vincent Company. Maybe he's a podcast listener, but he just missed out on the 59 minutes. Three players got to 60. Vitinho, Cullen and Trezor. Other notable mentions for some popular FPL picks. Richarlison, those who punted on him were very unlucky. I think he missed two big chances in the first half. And then he was sacrificed at half-time due to Basuma's red card. Jungman Son and Madison again didn't complete 90 minutes. They both got 76. Hopefully after the international break they'll have their little niggles behind them and we'll see more 90 minutes from those two guys. Diaby at Aston Villa, who was a doubt for the game week, started the game but was taken off after 61 minutes. And Marcus Rashford, what a disappointing season he's had so far, just 62 minutes. So I'm glad I've sold him now. Still have Bruno Fernandes. I will give Bruno the Sheffield United game. And then there's every chance I will have no Manchester United players after that because having just sold Bukayo Saka, looking at the fixtures in game week 10, I think Bruno to Saka is very straightforward. I think Bruno has Manchester City that week and Saka has Sheffield United. A watch list update now. Players removed, first of all. Ruben Diaz from Manchester City. He's been sitting on my watch list for a couple of weeks. Probably shouldn't have really been there. He's quite expensive. And I think it's only two clean sheets in the first seven or eight games for Diaz anyway. So City still have the best underlying numbers in terms of expected goals conceded. But they don't always translate that into clean sheets. So with Trippier, with Cash, with Gabriel... I'm not looking to buy a City defender in the near future. Also removed Miggy Almiron. I was considering him last week in that Jared Bowen spot. Ended up going for a West Ham man. And the thing about Almiron is I like him as a pick, but I like Anthony Gordon more. And he's a significantly cheaper price. After suspension, Gordon is certainly back on my radar now. So I've removed Almiron, but Anthony Gordon remains on the watch list. Players added following game week eight, Soufal at West Ham. Very impressively has four assists in a row in the last four matches. West Ham's fixtures do improve soon. Although they do have, when I was looking at the numbers this morning, their West Ham's expected goals conceded is actually the third worst in the league, which is which is surprising. Um, so Soufal is added to the watch list, but I do have slight concerns over the clean sheet potential there. But good to see him getting the attacking returns. Added Saka straight back to the watch list, having sold him. And as I mentioned, eyeing him up in game week 10. Martinelli back, surprisingly, from injury. I don't think any of us expected him to play against Manchester City. Off the bench to score the winner. Back on the watch list, 7.7 million. Certainly one to keep an eye on. Also, 
Very interestingly, a Chelsea Cole Palmer. He's only 4.9 million. Goal, assist, three bonus, took the penalty, which with a lot of other possible penalty takers on the pitch. So very much, you know, for managers like me who don't have Mohamed Salah, as soon as you see a Cole Palmer at 4.9, scoring goals, scoring penalties, you think... Could I could I make a double move? Could I get Palmer in and Salah somehow? So that's something I might look at in game week ten if I don't wildcard. And the final player added is Wolfsman Huang. I think it's five goals for the season now. It's at least four, possibly five. Himself and Pedro Neto are performing very, very well. So I think we really need to take note of those two players. If you fancy a differential, some like Huang or Neto are right up there. Just a quick look at what the watch list looks like at the moment. Defenders, Pedro Poro, Udogi, Dan Byrne and Sufal. Lots of midfielders. Salah, Saka, Martinelli, Foden, Sterling, Mbumo, Diaby, Matoma, Ward-Prowse, Neto, Huang, Gordon and Palmer. And just three forwards, Darwin, Isak and Archer. Just picking out a few names there. I don't have a Tottenham defender at the moment, so they're quite high on my list. I like Pedro Porro slightly more than Udogi, but if budget doesn't allow, I still think the left-back is absolutely fine as well. Double Newcastle defence is still an option, so Byrne is there for that reason. If I look at my team for game week 9, I think I've got Gabriel starting against Chelsea, which I don't mind, given he just got a clean sheet against Manchester City. But Chelsea just scored four against Burnley. So is there a clean sheet for there, there for Gabriel? I'm not 100% sure. So maybe I could make another defensive transfer. And if I do, I'm probably looking at a Tottenham defender or Dan Byrne to come in. Midfielder, Salah's obviously right up there as top of the most wanted list. Problem is, is getting him in is not easy. So I'm probably going to go into game week nine again without him. And he might give me no choice and give me 10 to go and get him. If he, if he destroys Everton... It's going to just be, right, pencils down, stop going against them and just bring them in, whether it be with transfers or with a wild card. Sack, I mentioned, likely come back in again soon. Foden on the watch list, not a huge amount of interest there, given I've got uh, Alvarez already and Haaland. Sterling did the business for those who are patient with him. I think it was perfectly viable to sell Sterling before the game week, which a lot of people did or wild carded him out because... We weren't sure if he was going to start, given that he hadn't started the last couple of games. In Bumo, I think it's five blanks in the last six games, but looking at the numbers again, I think he's third among midfielders for expected goal involvement this season, so his numbers are still good. Still think he's an okay pick for the long term. Diaby, well up there as well in my thoughts. I've got Cash, I've got Watkins, and I'm certainly open to the Villa triple-up when their fixtures improve. Matoma, probably around give me 10 when Brighton's fixtures improve. Ward-Prowse, probably not going to go there because I've got Jared Bowen now. Mentioned the Wolves guys. Gordon's a nice cheap enabler. And Palmer, very much watching that one closely. As for the forwards, I've got Haaland, Alvarez, Watkins. Still happy with that for the moment. But certainly Isak in particular is on my mind. A few stats now from the game week. Having a look in the Fantasy Football Scout members area as I do every Monday morning in my dressing gown. Currently recording on my dressing gown. I shouldn't really go into the details of that, but that is the life of a podcaster. Defenders, first of all, Trippier with five chances created. Very healthy numbers. Diego Dallow at Manchester United, four chances created. I've seen a few people, a lot of people actually bringing Dallow in last week or the last couple of weeks on wildcards and stuff like that. And I was kind of scratching my head, why would you buy a Manchester United defender at the moment when they're not keeping clean sheets and the 
the squad is not performing well. But I guess the fixtures were okay on paper. And again, here he is creating four chances. So it's a viable pick, but just wouldn't be for me. Dan Byrne had three goal attempts in the box. Good to see that if you are an owner. Midfielder stats, James Madison and Morgan Gibbs-White created four chances at the weekend. Salah had five shots in the box. Really good numbers against Brighton. Ducouri, who's quietly going about his season with Everton, four shots in the box, decent option, just don't think I'll ever go there with the other options available elsewhere. Richardson, two big chances in the first half, no forward had more than three shots in game week eight, that's quite rare, usually when I look at the stats every Monday morning, you've got a couple of strikers with you know five, six, seven shots, but it was a quiet week for forwards given that none of them had more than three attempts. Of those that did have three attempts, there was three shots in the box for Watkins, Solanke, Isak and Calvert-Lewin. And final stat is Alexander Isak is now top for forwards for the season for XG with 5.41. And I think even when you take the penalty out of that, he's also top for non-penalty XG. Before I get stuck into the listener questions, a quick plug for my Patreon. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and would you like, like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. You get ITS podcasts, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and more. Question time now. The first one this week comes in from FPL Tom. This question came in from a few people. Four words. Is Salah now essential? I very rarely call a player essential. And I'm not going to go as far and say Salah is at the moment either. Because as we know, there's a lot of different strategies at the moment. Some people have Haaland and no Salah, like I do. Some managers have Salah and no Haaland, like a lot of wildcarders did last week. And certainly looks good for the first game week. But we won't judge that just yet with some good fixtures to come for Manchester City, including Brighton and Bournemouth at home. Some managers as well somehow have Salah and Haaland and maybe have cut a few corners elsewhere to get there. So no right or wrong approach. Any one game week, it can swing either way. Game week eight was the Salah game week. Game week nine could be the Haaland game week. We just don't know what's going to happen in the future. Is Salah essential? He's not essential. Would I like to own him? Yes. Playing very well, good fixtures, but I've kind of made my bed recently with spreading the cash around the squads and it wasn't enjoyable to see the two Salah goals pop up on my live score app at the weekend. But like I said, it's one game week, I'm not going to overreact, I'm not going to rip up my team to get him. I don't want a wild card just for one player because my squad looks really good for game week 9. But I am open, like I said earlier, I'm keeping an open mind, I might wild card in game week 10. Because there is a bit of a swing for some teams in terms of fixtures. I think a lot of people will end up wildcarding in game week 10. But if you can get to Salah easily, even if you think he is essential and it's going to take a minus four to do so, it's absolutely fine to do that when he's got Everton at home, Nottingham Forest at home, Luton away and Brentford at home. Like I said earlier, if he smashes it again against Everton, I'm probably going to have no choice but to go and get him for the Nottingham Forest game at home. Question from Steve-O, Haaland, stick or twist? Didn't expect to ever get this question you know, going into the season. But we're at a point now where Haaland's been quite disappointing for the last four game weeks, averaging just four points a game. So over the last four game weeks, he's only scored a total of 16 points, 
whereas the first four game weeks, Haaland scored 39 points, which is a big drop-off. But I'm not too concerned. I won't be selling him. I guess it's a case of if he disappoints again in game week 9, and if Salah delivers in game week 9, there probably then will be a big swing from Haaland to Salah for people who are wildcarding. So obviously keeping, you know, just reassessing it week to week, but at the moment... I don't see any reason to sell Haaland. And it comes down to fixtures. Brighton at home next is an excellent fixture. Then it's Manchester United, which is a good fixture. And then Bournemouth at home, another excellent fixture. So Haaland, in the next three game weeks, has what I would say are two excellent fixtures and one good fixture. I know Salah's got probably three excellent fixtures, you could say, as well. But, yeah, I'm not going to be switching from Salah to Haaland just because of one game week. And I expect the Norwegian to be back in the goals very, very soon. And I think the fact that Rodri is back also will be a big part to play in that. So for me, Haaland is a stick. Unless you're wildcarding and you really want Salah and you don't want both of them, then I think it's viable to go without him. But for me, that will change very quickly, I think. As soon as Haaland scores another brace, let's say Haaland scores a brace against Brighton, those who don't have him, will probably be scrambling to get him back in again. So that's where I'm at. I'm in the Haaland camp, not in the Salah camp, and I'm hoping City click again soon. Question from FPL Brooklyn. Which team's fixtures are you eyeing up in the next three to four weeks after the international break? And who are the two to three players from those teams you think we should all be considering? So had a look at the scout fixture ticker for the next four game weeks which will bring us up to the third international break. Liverpool are top of the fixture ticker. So obviously Mohamed Salah should be top of everyone's uh, shopping list if you don't already own him. I feel I still feel like Salah is the only Liverpool player I'm interested in. I'm happy with my strike force, so I don't have a space for Darwin. Luis Diaz is just not really doing it at the moment. So Bosley is okay, but again, not really smashing it. And there's lots of other midfielders elsewhere. So for me, even though Liverpool are top of the ticker... It's only really Salah that interests me. Trent's very expensive. They're not keeping clean sheets. Aston Villa are second on the fixture ticker. I've already got Watkins in cash, so I'm feeling good about that. And I think Diaby then has to be the third option. Douglas Louise is tempting. Lots of set pieces and penalties. But I do think cash Diaby Watkins is the ideal Aston Villa triple up. Tottenham are next on the fixture ticker. So you've got Poro, Udogi, Madison and Son. I think those are the four best options there. And West Ham are fourth on the fixture ticker. I've got Bowen. Ward Prowse is a good option. You've also got the defenders all around the same price. Sufal, who I mentioned, Zuma and Emerson. Emerson probably looks the best of them, but he is on four yellow cards, so keep an eye on that one. I think it's probably better just to go for Sufal, just because of the four yellows for Emerson. And Zuma is always a threat from those Ward Prowse set pieces. Obviously, Ariola. A very good goalkeeper option as well. So there's a few options looking at the fixture ticker. Question from FPL Sponge. Who is the best one-week midfielder punt to replace Eze before a wildcard in game week 10? Sponge has 8.2 million to spend. So yeah, if you're dead set on a wildcard in game week 10, that opens the opportunity of a one-week punt for game week nine. So when it's a one-week punt, I'm just looking at the fixtures, picking out the teams I fancy to win and thinking where are the punts in those teams. So Manchester City, I expect them to beat Brighton. Phil Foden, if you don't own him, is a good one-week punt. James Madison, most people probably do already have him, but if you don't have Madison 
and you've got 8.2 in the bank. Madison at home to Fulham is obviously a great one-week punt. Mbumo, five blanks in six, but a good fixture. One-week punt, penalty taker against Burnley. I like that one as well. Anthony Gordon back from suspension at home to Crystal Palace. You've also got Neto or Huang away to Bournemouth. That's a good fixture. And finally, I think this will be a popular one. Gibbs White at home to Luton for Nottingham Forest. But again, if you've got 8 million in the bank, I'd probably be looking at a Foden, Madison, or maybe an Mbumo. Um, Gibbs White just doesn't really do it for me, but again, it is very much a fixtures play for one game week. Absolutely fine to go there against a very poor Luton side. So there's plenty of midfield punts available out there. Question from John Hyde. John says, my plan was to wildcard game week 10. Should I bring that a week earlier to get Salah in ASAP. I think it's fine. You know, if if you really think you need Salah for Everton, if you want to captain Salah for Everton, there's absolutely no issue in bringing your wildcard plans forward one week. But what I will say is don't rush into it because chances are your team probably looks great on paper this week. Um, my notes here say as well, the week after an international break can be a bit odd. I think we've seen that in game week five. It was a bit of a strange game week. Um, who knows, game week nine could be the same. So I do like that extra week of information after an international break, just to make sure everyone's back, everyone's fit. There's no surprises in the team sheets. And then wildcard in game week 10. But yeah, if, if you think Salah's absolutely a must-have, then it's totally fine to wildcard in nine instead of game week 10. But if your team looks really good on paper, which most teams do this week, when you look at the fixtures, you know, famous last words but you know how much how much damage can Salah do in one more game week before we get him in game week 10 again some people will be happy to wait some people will have already pulled the trigger and just got him in and will probably enjoy their international break more than I will having Salah in their team question from Sean Henderson Sean still has Bruno and Hoyland at Manchester United do I keep them for one more week it's looking like I'm going to wildcard in game week 10. Yeah, if you're going to wildcard in game week 10, you just keep your Manchester United players. They've got Sheffield United. I know we've been saying it every week. Fixtures, fixtures, fixtures. They're going to come good. They're going to come good. And they don't come good. But if it's Sheffield United or if it's Luton or if it's Burnley, these promoted teams are pretty weak. They give up lots of chances. I mean, this Sheffield United team conceded eight goals to... can't even remember who scored eight goals against them. Newcastle. So... Surely if Newcastle can score eight, Manchester United can score two. And you're hoping that Hoyland and Bruno are involved. So if you have Bruno and Hoyland, even if you still have Rashford, you keep them for Sheffield United and then you bin them on your game week 10 wild card. Question from FPL King Con: When do we all get Isak in? Isak is a very interesting option. Fixtures for Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Wolves, Arsenal, Bournemouth. So pretty good fixtures aside from the Arsenal game. As I said earlier, Isak is now the top forward for XG, non-penalty XG and XGI. He's got six goals and seven appearances and that's despite only completing 90 minutes once, which was in game week eight. So Wilson's been carrying a bit of a niggle which has played into Isak's hands recently. But I think if we go back to the start of the season, Isak was very much first choice for Eddie Howe anyway. And they're always going to have to be careful with Callum Wilson, which Eddie Howe has said recently. So Isak, I think, is a really good pick. And if you can get there, if there's a forward you're not happy with, or if you're on a wild card, Isak should certainly be in the conversation. Question from all killer, no filler. Mbumo, one last chance against Burnley. 
or switch for a lower price midfielder instead to free up cash. Just keep him. It's it reminds me of the Sterling situation last week. Those who kept Sterling because he was playing uh, had a good fixture were rewarded against Burnley. This week Bumo plays Burnley. He's a set-piece taker. He's a penalty taker. He can score from open play. Yes, he's been frustrating, but give him the Burnley game before you sell him. Third for XGI behind Salah and Saka among midfielders. Keep him for Burnley and then look to move him on if he doesn't deliver. Question from Mikhail Baranski. Can Martinelli cover Saka from Game Week 10? Easy swap for Madison if there's no funds in the bank. I think, yes, some people will move away from Madison around Game Week 10. I think Tottenham's fixtures take a turn for the worse then. Some might even move away from Son instead to free up cash. Martinelli or Saka? It's 7.7 million versus 8.6 million. And I still think Saka is worth the extra. I was going to say there for the penalties, but we never know who's taking Arsenal penalties these days. Saka should be getting assists for those handing those balls to his teammates who score the penalties. Martinelli, 7.7. I do really like him as an option. Added him to the watch list. But when I go back to an Arsenal midfielder around game week 10, I'll be getting Saka first. And then it's a case of, do I get Martinelli as well? If you can't afford Saka, Martinelli at 7.7 is a really good option also. Question from FPL Ream. Harry Maguire, talk to me. Great value. I refuse to talk to you, FPL Ream, when you mention Harry Maguire. 4.2 million. I can understand why you're asking the question. I think he got an assist at the weekend. But it's Harry Maguire. He is not first choice long term. There's Varane, there's Lindelof, there's Johnny Evans, there's Maguire. There's other players to come back in the future. So don't fall into the Harry Maguire trap. I mean, it would be a different story if United could actually keep clean sheets. Maybe then he would be an option, but I wouldn't go there. Um, yeah, it's hard to advise anyone to buy a Manchester United player these days, let alone Harry Maguire. So stay away. Final question is from Simon Ashby. Do you believe you can still win the overall FPL title this season? My short answer is probably no, because you need a you need a hell of a lot of luck to win FPL, and you probably need to be slightly better off than I am just now at 327k to win it I'm sure people have come from further back to win it but there's probably a couple of things I've missed out on already that would have really helped if you're going to win FPL outright but still I think at 327k in game week 8 it's a very good place to be especially this season which has been a bit of a roller coaster I feel I feel very you know, I feel very happy to be 327k when I see some of the ranks of some of the best managers in the world at the moment. And I always have that goal of top 100k by Christmas and then try and push on second half of the season with the chips and stuff like that. So I'm well on course, I think, to get to top 100k by Christmas. How do we look at live FPL for the ranks and where exactly I am? So I'm 16 points behind top 100k. So that's obviously I can get there soon, hopefully. 42 points behind top 10k. Always like to aim for a top 10k finish if possible. And then number one in the world is 117 points ahead of me. So that is a big lead. Who knows? Anything can happen. And you're never going to give up on, on winning FPL until it's completely out of your hands. But realistically, top 100k by Christmas. Then hopefully top 10k by the end of the season. Anything better than a top 10k will be a bonus. But quite happy with how, not not how the first four game weeks went, but the last four game weeks have gone pretty well. I think it was about 1.5 million around game week four. 327k now, so it's it's good progress. Um, two very good green arrows in there. 
And hopefully now the next block of fixtures from 9 until 12 before the next international break we can push on. Um, yeah, all depends I guess on how Mr Mohamed Salah does over the next couple of weeks if I don't buy him. Moving on now to captaincy, bus team and transfers for game week 9. Captaincy first of all. Lots of good options for the armbands. Haaland at home to Brighton will be my captain. It will be the ninth game week in a row that he gets my armband. Hopefully he starts to perform more like the first four game weeks rather than the last four game weeks. Salah's at home to Everton. Early kickoff, great captaincy candidate if you own him. Elsewhere, Son and Madison are at home to Fulham. Good options there as well. And Bruno Fernandes, dare I say it, as a captaincy option away to Sheffield United. But I would certainly put him under the others. So, again, standouts. I think it's going to be a shootout between Haaland versus Brighton and Salah versus Everton. The Game Week 9 bus team looks like Turner in goal because he's playing Luton. And that will probably be the last time I use Turner because I want to kind of go back to or, or using Johnston as a set and forget goalkeeper but I have to play Turner I think when he's playing Luton and Johnston is away to Newcastle off the top of my head defenders Trippier, Cash and Gabriel midfield of Son, Madison, Bruno and Bowen and a front three of Haaland, Alvarez and Ollie Watkins so on team on paper, the team looks great. On the bench, Johnston, Gusto, who's back from suspension. But Reese James is back now as well, so Gusto's probably going to be sold in the near future. Bayer, who's also injured, but hopefully will be back. And Nakamba, so certainly don't really have a bench. In terms of early transfer thoughts, one free transfer, I think I could roll. as long if, if nothing happens during an international break, I could easily roll a transfer. And that would make it easier in game week 10 to maybe get Salah with transfers instead of a, of a wild card. Easier to get Saka with two free transfers. Uh, so yeah, just going to forget about transfers basically until after international games. Hopefully roll a transfer, just play Gabriel I think against Chelsea. And hope he can come up with another clean sheet. He's actually done really well for me in recent weeks, having been a disaster in the first few weeks, not playing. Would like to see his value start to climb. That would be nice to get some of that back. So looking at rolling the transfer with one eye on Saka or Salah in game week 10. If I, by the end of the international break, if I decide I'm definitely going to wildcard in game week 10, then obviously I will take a one-week punt. But not necessarily in midfield or attack because I think my midfielders and my forwards look good. I might end up doing something like, I think I've got 0.8 in the bank, so I could do something like Gusto to Pedro Porro or a Dogi uh, and just take a one-week punt on a Tottenham attack and fullback. So that's where I'm at for transfers. If I do make a transfer, I could go Gusto to a 4.7 million or less defender because if I want to get Saka in with a free transfer in game week 10 for Bruno Fernandes, I need to keep a little bit of cash in the bank. So Gusto to someone like a Soufal or some of the other cheaper defenders who are on the watch list. Thanks for listening, folks. Thank you for taking the time to listen every week. Enjoy the international break. Best thing to do now, switch off from FPL as much as you can and come back feeling fresh towards the end of next week. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL general. Have a good week and I'll talk to you next week after the internationals. Sports Social Podcast Network.